0: this special episode of the Saturday School Podcast, a show for educational leaders and really anyone and everyone trying to do great things in education. On um, this episode, Cindy and I will be joined by Jen Schnormeyer, high school instructional coach who will discuss with us what has happened in education due to COVID-19 and what she hopes we keep.
1: Hi, Jen. Hi, Cindy. Hi, Julie. Hi, Jen. I am just so excited to be here because everybody, these are my two favorite people in education and they are (laughs) together with me. So this is fantastic. I'm so excited to hear their thoughts and have Jen share first a little bit about Jen. She is the instructional coach at the high school level. She also she wears a lot of different hats. She coaches middle school volleyball, the NHS and Silver Cord sponsor, social media manager for the district, high school sports fanatic, and most importantly, she's a parent of kids at the elementary, middle school, and high school levels. So, Jen, I'm going to. Kick it to you, and have you share what would you keep that has happened this year in education?
2: Well, thank you first of all for having me, Julie and Cindy. I'm very excited to be here. This was a hard question for me because it has been a long 16 months or 42 months. I'm not sure how long Sorry. we've been in this COVID world, <laughs> um, and I am ready for some time off. So. Thinking about what we're going to keep was an interesting thought. First of all, I would keep, and Cindy, I think you are on the same page with me as this, our schedule that we have for kids. We switched from a modified block to four days a week in the block, and then Wednesdays is a skinny. And we have heard rave reviews about that from our students and staff how much they appreciate um, having only four classes to think about a day instead of eight. We also had open campus. So our kids got out of the building and could do a little, have some fresh air and relax instead of sitting in study hall. And I think that was really a benefit for some of our kids. The other thing, and this is not related to education, but one thing that our school did really well this year was broadcasting events for people to see that don't live in our area.
0: Wasn't that fabulous? that's a game changer.
2: Yes. And, you know, we've done that. We've had our Tiger Tube or Tiger TV, but I think this year that was just so much better than it has been. And for me, broadcasting an event and knowing there are grandparents literally in other countries across the Atlantic that are getting to watch their grandkids or cousins or whoever play uh, and just being a small part of that was such an amazing experience for me. So
0: I had, um, When I was thinking about that question, I had written down our block schedule as well. We went from an eight-period day to a modified block, and... Um, our school district decided to try it again for another year, give it a fair shot, minus the COVID, minus the hybrid, minus all
2: the other scheduling nightmares that we had this year. You know, it's interesting, going from the modified block two days a week, we had a lot of teachers that I thought weren't fans of the block, but what they weren't fans of actually was trying to plan for The two days on the block, like they're like, no, I love that longer period. I just didn't love the planning around it. So being able to just plan for block was so much easier. And I was like, that is an interesting perspective I had not considered before hearing that. I was really happy that there were so many teachers that were excited about staying in the block. One thing I think about that is I think going to the block schedule this year
1: pushed teachers to do something and students to do something that they were otherwise afraid of going to a block four or five days a week when they had had this modified block that, yeah, they didn't love, but they were used to and change is scary. They didn't want to go to that before. But when it came down to it, going into COVID, the reason we went to it is because it was much better for mitigation strategies, less transitions in the hallway where kids were, were exposed to each other, less exposure for our teachers. And that meant that everybody latched on quickly and they were forced to try new things. They were forced to jump in. And once they were forced to jump in, they found out that there were a lot of positives. And the interesting thing is, I it, we have found that students felt the same. A year ago, they would have said, no way well, to the either. block. Too long sitting in class. It's boring. I'm tired. Again, once they did it and they were used to the schedule, I, I will say some positives for students and teachers alike was the teaching and the learning for teachers and students, it's much more manageable in a day, they have found that they have absolutely loved that. And I'll go from there to say one thing that I'm excited that I believe will stay naturally and will continue to emphasize is the mental health awareness that has come with COVID-19 and all the difficulties that has brought, I mean, I think that goes everywhere, even beyond education, we have more teachers who do mental health check-ins and make those are part of their classroom. More teachers who have those conversations with kids just asking how are things? I've noticed you seem a little bit down. Do you want to talk about it? We have students who then are hearing that it's okay to talk about they're struggling right now and Either this is why, or they don't know why. I think for students, they don't always know it's okay to talk with a teacher about that. This year has opened everybody's eyes to that. That is a huge thing I think we'll emphasize and really push to continue.
0: That was part of my professional learning Mm. goal this year was actually teacher mental health, teacher wellness. And Jen, maybe you can help me with this, but I know our focus is really to help teachers focus in on student goals, but I felt this year, especially that I had to help my teachers be in a good spot so that they could in turn put their students in a good spot or be able to face the challenges and teaching with their um, kids. So the next year I need to focus more on students, but just wanted to hear what you had to say about that.
2: I 100% agree. It was, I would say the start of the year, a little overwhelming. The number of teachers per week that would be in my office in tears, just struggling with how hard it was and all the changes, the online, the different schedule, the Wednesdays off and how that was working out. And, you know, we had teachers with their own worries about COVID, their own stressors about getting COVID and taking it home to their families, that was really heavy on a lot of our teachers. And it was a great learning experience for me to learn about those teachers and what stresses them out and what I can do and say to help them. One thing that I think is a positive of that focusing on the mental health health of teachers is the more the year has gone on, have felt able to name the emotions that they're having With regards to teaching and with regards to students. And for a long time, I think education has really been a place where teachers are just strong and they don't have emotions. And that's not true. We're not robots. We are stressed out. We are worried. We worry about our students. We worry about ourselves. We worry about each other. And I think this has really been a turning point for a lot of teachers to be able to say, this is hard. I, the work I'm doing is hard. And my sister always gives
0: us advice. Whenever we get upset, she's like, feel your feelings, feel your feelings. Like you just, you can say this is hard and just kind of like feel that in the moment. And then you can move on. But that reminds me, Cindy, going back to episode one, Yes. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Elena's uh, core feelings. She also has feelings and just like being able to name, name those and being able to recognize them.
1: When things are challenging, when you're struggling, or when people around you are struggling, it's so much more important to tap into those core values. And this was the year, oh my gosh, you couldn't do everything. I mean, never in education, yes. you feel like you can do everything. Where, and we always want to. That's all, we always want to do everything. But this was the year we really couldn't, but we had to pare it down to what really mattered. Are we taking, and that's where I think the mental health with our teachers and our students came into play and anything we could do to take care of that, that was the most important thing. And what we talked a lot about at Jen and I's building is health and safety actually comes above instruction this year. When we were starting the school year, we made our decisions on health and safety. That was really interesting to rethink things Mm -hmm. like that. And that was our guiding principle. I think it'll be so interesting because we don't yet know in late July and early August how much we'll be focusing on that again. Will that still be our guiding principle? Will we be able to loosen up a little bit more and go back to, I think of all of us work with professional development, will we be able to go back to grading practices, um, improved assessment strategies, or how focused
2: are we still on health and safety? I think Cindy, you said something about paring it down. And I think teachers, what is our principle says, What are the big rocks? Like you're going to have to let some of those pebbles with regards to curriculum go. They had to really look at their instruction and curriculum and decide, but you have to keep your eye on the big rock. And for some of our teachers, that was really hard. And they're still trying to put, there's not a lot of time left to it. So I think the teachers that have done a good job of funneling out some of that extra and maybe the more fun stuff, but really focused on what is needed. That's another thing that I would say, get rid of some of the pebbles and focus on the big ones. So yeah, that's
1: really interesting. And, and Jolie, I know you guys focus on, on essential learnings as well. This was the year you, we've been working on it for the past, how many years to make sure teachers are looking at the essential learnings, focusing on what really needs to be assessed, Wow, good thing we were, because that came into play. And like Jen said, it's more important than ever. And it really showed this is what will help you in in this time is these essential learnings. Hey Jen
0: you talked about streaming activities and and whatnot so I my question is what are some technology things you have seen or used this year that you would keep maybe the it's technology that you were forced to be creative with or ways that you got your important things like your student voice?
2: One thing I think is teachers creating lessons on that Screencastify that are available to students at any time. You know, when I think about standard based grading and all students don't learn at the same rate, if I've recorded myself or a teacher has recorded themselves with a lesson, a kid that didn't get it that day might need that lesson two weeks later and it's available to them. That I think is a huge win for kids. Like to be able to learn at their own pace and using that technology is great. I had a, I was a guest speaker in a classroom and he recorded that Um, he used a program and put it together for kids that were absent. And then he actually tried it with his third period of the day. So I did not go. Thank you, Ed Puzzle. You're exactly right. Um, I didn't go into the last period of the day. He just showed the recording from earlier. Um, I know our science teacher did that as well. So they zoomed in. The guest speaker didn't give up the whole day. They gave up like an hour and then, but every class could benefit from, the learning that was during that time. So I think those things of teachers just using those videos and providing a different learning experience for kids was something I saw a lot of, and it was great.
0: I know those walls have been broken down, right, of time yeah. and space through uh-huh. all of this. I kind of feel like that.
1: Yeah. I know we're approaching our time here, but I have to say that just makes me think of all of the ways that we were able to open up school to people with things like zoom meetings with parents who couldn't come in. And I mean, whether it be conferences or other times, I know we did zoom meetings with parents yes. many times outside of conferences and they were working, you know, they were at work 45 minutes or an hour away, but we, we were able to set that up. And at the same thing, same time, those guest speakers, that was game changing yeah. to be able to meet with a guest speaker online. I think those
2: things will stay. Mm-hmm. And they've been so powerful. You know, Cindy, we have a special event coming up on Tuesday that is a Zoom that is normally something we go to. So our kids, Jolie, um, have their informants for their music class. So instead of it being um, an evening event that we have to try to finagle into our busy schedule, it's being live streamed from the music classroom Tuesday at 2.30. And so there's no going to the auditorium and finding a parking spot and find, i just think of those lives of those music teachers like our music teachers going to be like hallelujah i do not have to try to fin- literally herd kindergartners to do their informants so that is something, you know, I think about that goes back to my first point about my parents are gonna be able to watch that wherever they are.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And to go, I, to go back to that, we had, I mean, big time, full circle, but in time as well, I think of our graduation that we had last year for the class of 2020. And we had grandparents and people overseas who are relatives who would never have been able to see that. And they got to see their child graduate. So these seniors, as much as they had to deal with something that was completely different and a graduation that looked like nothing they ever imagined, they had relatives who got to watch them walk across the stage, Mm -hmm. huge.
0: I just got goosebumps because I'm just like thinking about our own kids that are gonna be doing that and people who will be able to see them who wouldn't normally get to do that.
1: And and again, it just gives me, it, it makes me so excited all that we have done In this past over a year, all that we have made happen, I mean, we've struggled through things, but we have made all of these things happen, and it's so exciting. I I think that's what I hope we take away from the school year, and I think we will, even though it's hard, we'll, we'll take away. Look what we did. We made sure education and connections happened despite this distance we had to have, despite masks, despite disagreements, despite the spacing issues. We made sure... All of these things happened and it's been awesome because that's, what's important to us. It's a lot to celebrate. Mm -hmm. Well, Julie, should we wrap up? That sounds good. Jen, any last, any last things you want to throw out or last things you want to say before we wrap up? Thanks
2: for having me. That was a fun celebration. A good little, you know, we hear about the Sunday night scaries when we're teachers and how, (laughs) Oh my gosh, Sunday night. But this was a little rejuvenating. So now I'm ready to tackle the day tomorrow. Thank you.
1: Good. And keep changing the world. I mean, all these things, especially in this exciting time of the year when things are wrapping up for your guys' kids and for our kids as a whole, this is exciting. I'll just end everybody who's listening with, remember, always find one good nugget. So whether you listened in and found the idea of remembering to celebrate this year or celebrate everything you've done, maybe you listened in and decided to to steal the tech idea of Edpuzzle or Screencastify or bringing in guest speakers a different way, find one good nugget from what you heard, put it in motion.